Welcome back to the show podcast. Wow, first time I screw up. Okay, sorry guys. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, uh, I'm back to the show. Uh, welcome back to the show pod culture to do. Wow, this is the worst. I like that you got sorry, a bad on the second time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. Sorry guys, I even practiced in the shower. Oh god. Anyway, you're, you're bringing anyway, some guys. real me energy to this. I know. I'm a little bit rusty, but you know, I've been off it for a bit. Sorry guys. Anyways, welcome back to the show, Pop Culture to Do, the podcast where two best friends explain a to-do list of things to watch, listen to, read, anything within the realm of arts and entertainment. With me hosting the show as always, the mighty Greg Morton. Say hello. No. And I am Anthony, otherwise known as Anthony Lateef. And welcome to the show. Today we're going to be discussing, well, the first topic is horror sequels that actually work. Second topic is, you know, just things that we have been watching, reading, stuff that we've gotten into that we haven't been able to discuss. And finally, our main topic of the show is discussing the film that Norton recommended me uh, two or three episodes ago, back when I was last on the show, which was the film Upstream Color. Hell yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe I got some uh, little surprises in store for you. Maybe, maybe not. Not gonna say. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we? Shall we commence? Yeah. So you wanted to talk about horror sequels that work or don't suck or whatever it is. Just you know, because horror movies have a tendency to spawn off many, many sequels. And they get worse and worse as they go. But that's not always the case. No, it's not. And that's what you wanted us to talk about. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting because this, actually, this whole topic uh, was spawned from a video. Uh, I'm not going to say the video yet, just because it might give away what I'm going to say. Because I highly agree with it. And this was what made me want to ask you in case there are films that you were thinking about that I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, Norton, what is your list? I think we were mentioning three films, or maybe more. I have, I have four, but okay. one of them is one that I feel like you might have on your own list. So I'm going to start with that one, Doctor Sleep. Oh, that's de- yeah, that would be on my list. Yeah. I actually didn't think of that. Yeah, what the that's hell? surprising. I know. I I love that film. I I like it too. You love it. Loved it. Loved it. Haven't seen the director's cut, though. Everyone's mentioning the director's cut. I mean, if you're digging the, the original cut, that's fine. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm super happy with the, the theatrical cut or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that's a great one. Uh, wait, do you want to go like me, you, me, you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, we'll, we'll bounce back. Okay, so for me, uh, because this is actually one of my favorite, if you, like, I don't know if you'd call it a series because it's just two movies, but I'm a huge fan huge fan of the film 28 days later and i'm a really big fan of the film 28 weeks later i feel like it did a great job of kind of expanding on the story while not being so repetitive of what the first film did it kind of not only brought a new like a, a different aesthetic to the film because the first film is like super grungy looking mm-hmm. it has a particular aesthetic that i can't really explain low quality film yeah yeah but it no it works it's not like it's not like garbage. It's perfect for the film. Oh, yeah. If you know what you're doing with your materials, you can make anything look good. Yes. And Danny Boyle's a master. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, when 20 Days Later came out, I loved that movie. And then I figured I found out 28 Weeks Later came out. And I hadn't watched it until, like, 
I hadn't watched Queen of the Beast later until I was in university. It took me all that time to finally buckle down and watch it, and I loved it. Did Love you have it. that mentality before watching it where you're like, oh, it's not going to be as good as the original, yada, yada, yada? No, I actually tried to just stay away from any sort of, like, predisposition or, or reviews or whatever. Because I'm such a, like I said, I'm, I'm a very big fan of the first film, and I just really wanted to see what a new director would do. And it's not like there's no names in this film. There's Idris Elba, there's Rose Byrne, there's Jeremy Renner, uh, Imogen Poots. It's, it's, there's no faces in this film. So, obviously, I was like, okay, well, I just want to see what it does, you know? And, and I watched it, and I loved it. The, the music, too, John Murphy back on scoring. It's, it's a really, like, it's a really, really great film, and it's super bleak. So, you know, I love that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just really recommend it. It's, cause it's funny because Ryan Hollinger did a video on it. And he said, and the video was like, oh, uh, 28 weeks later, the, the sequel that actually worked or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I watched it in total agreement because it, it kind of where like the first film was kind of contained because you're always following like Killian Murphy's character and then you, you know, it focuses on his journey. Obviously the whole thing is like global, whatever, but we're always focused on them. Whereas 20 weeks later kind of opens up the scope a little bit and we get people from the military and how they try to uh, figure out the, the, the situation and what, what they feel the proper like necessary actions are. And I, I, I kind of love both of those. Right on. I've not seen it. Have you seen the first? Yeah. Mm. Ages ago. I just, I never got around to the second one. Okay. Well, I, I love them both. I'm a huge 28 fan. All right. So, next one I wrote down is uh, Evil Dead 2. Why the hell didn't I think of that? I like how that's just going to be your answer to all of them. It's true. Yeah. Because the two I have. Whatever, they count. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Evil Dead 2, it's fantastic. It's better than the first one. I was just going to say that. Yeah, and it's it's a loose remake of sorts. And the reason why it's better is just because Sam Raimi learned how to make movies more. I think they like, also got a bigger budget. Well, yeah, for sure. But that's the thing. is like The first one, you know, he was just out of film school. It was the first thing he made. And you learn mm-hmm. a lot from that process. And then, you know, when he got to pseudo-remake it, you know, he put what he learned into it and along with the bigger budget, like you mentioned, made something that was grander in a way while still being this contained horror film. Yeah. And that entire franchise is a, a look at, like, how to do continuations because Army of Darkness is just like, oh, all right, well, here's, you know, more awesome but in a very different way we're going to go super schlock with it yeah and very (laughs) self-aware i love army of darkness i think it's i feel like evil dead 2 and army of darkness are like perfect companion pieces Mm -hmm. because uh they really do con like horror comedy super well especially army but even the original evil dead is really good very good very very good I just uh, for me, I just prefer like the second and third more, but that's oh, not yeah. to dis- that's not to discredit the first one because it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. My second pick is I don't know if this counts, 
but every time I like every time you think of horror, this name always comes up, even though it's kind of also sci-fi. But I wouldn't say Alien. You know, it, it's funny uh, when I was working on my list, my partner Sam she said to me, "Oh, Aliens," and I said, "That's a great pick, but I don't think the sequel is a horror movie." It's not. It's 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 not. That's why I I was kind of like. Yeah, for for sure, it's a great movie. Aliens is very good. It's one of James Cameron's better films, but it's not a horror movie. It's a action movie. Sci-fi action, yeah. Instead of sci-fi horror. Yeah, I mean, look, there's elements of horror, if you will, but it's not super like front to back horror, mm-hmm. which is why I was a little bit hesitant to mention it, but. I mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a real good movie. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. The way that it recontextualizes the lead character and the atmosphere and the world from the first movie is really interesting, and that's what a good sequel should do. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that James Cameron is great at with his sequels, because Terminator Two you know, changes a lot about Terminator without losing what it is. Aliens expands on Alien. Ooh, Terminator 2. Yeah. Not Termi- Terminator movies aren't really horror. Anyways, I digress. You know, he knows how to <laughs> keep something going without just being like, and then more! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My last pick would be, mm-hmm. and I'm counting this because canon-wise, it makes sense. I'm going to say the Halloween 2018, 2017. The newer one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be a direct sequel to Carpenters. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the other Halloween films, so this works perfectly mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> it's a sequel to just the first one, isn't it? Uh, just the first one. I haven't seen it. No? No. I recommend it. It's really, really good. Yeah. I think it would have been cooler if they made it a sequel to the first two, just because Carpenter made those first two. So why discount the second one? But that's just me. Uh, did, I think Carpenter didn't... Wait, did he made the second one? Carpenter directed the first two, yeah. Oh, because I know that he wasn't crazy about the second one. I mean, most people aren't, but like there are people who love it. And yeah. honestly, they're the only two that are really canon to each other. Like The others are just sort of like, and then... This one will say Lori's dead, and then this one will say Lori's alive, and yeah, like they kind of just do what they want. Those are the only two that are really connected. Yeah, it goes in, way in, off the rails. Yeah, like they're the only two that are connected, hard style. Like it's like direct connection. So it's to me, it's like, eh, why not just do both? You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I, I get that. Um, maybe I guess Carpenter felt more strongly about the first and if there was going to be a sequel made maybe they consulted with Carpenter. I don't know. I don't know. I think they just went, hey, we like the first one. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it really gets complicated from there because then it starts like, oh, there's a cult and mm-hmm. and then there's a random film about Halloween masks. Yeah. That's yeah, that was a weird decision because that was Carpenter's idea, uh, Season of the Witch, the mask one, where he was like, no, it's an anthology series. It's like, is it? Because yeah. your first two aren't an anthology. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also true. But 
It is what it is. All right, what's your last one? Or your? I have, I have two more. Yeah. I'm going to start with one that I think ties into Halloween because it's a sequel to an old slasher classic because we all know it's the seventh movie where things get good again, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's a weird movie. That's the, like, super meta one. Yeah, it takes place in the real world. The main characters in it are the actors from the original movie Wild. who are being attacked by... By Freddy, who has come to the real world from the film. That's wild. Yeah, it's it's Wes Craven getting super meta in a weird way that eventually he does a better job when he makes Scream. Yeah. But it's just him going off the rails, like, oh, I'm going to deconstruct the genre I helped create. And I just find it so weird and fun true yeah i i remember liking uh new nightmare mm -hmm. uh, it's been a long long time since i've seen it though yeah and like with the the reboot of halloween that you brought up <laughs> it kind of works as a direct sequel where if you don't watch anything but nightmare on elm street and Wes craven's new nightmare they work together well i believe that although that's so weird if you look at it as a direct sequel it is weird yeah if you do one and then the other right after that's mm -hmm. a that's a pretty jarring jump, but yeah. I'm I'm into it. I think I would do it. I also think that's the best way to watch the Fast and Furious movies is watch the first one that is super grounded. Oh, we're driving fast cars and robbing trucks, and then watch whatever the most recent one is, where they're like jumping off of planes and like throwing rocket launchers at each other or whatever. Like I think that's the best way. Yeah, I. I... <laughs> Look, despite like not really being a fan of those like films, I gotta hand it. I just I love how ridiculously bombastic they've gotten. <laughs> like, like I'm pretty sure they're kind of self-aware at this point of just how ridiculous they've gotten. But they they like, are, yeah. Yeah, like you could tell like the studios just like here's more money, here's more money, mm -hmm. and and the people are just like, oh, oh, we can make the cars fly. The cars can fly. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a video essay. I can't remember who it was by. But basically he said that the Fast and Furious movies are just shown in anime. Where as you keep watching, it gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and like a lot of shown in animes too, there's like the little bit, like it starts off cool and then it gets bad for a bit which is usually like the training season of a yeah. an anime and then it just is like no now we're just going to go crazy yeah because it's true fast and furious is the jojo's bizarre adventure of action movies oh god i don't even know what that is but i just from the name it just sounds yeah yeah that fits <laughs> oh man you should check out jojo's bizarre adventure what it, it's is it bizarre it sounds like surreal is it <laughs> it's wild it starts off uh minor spoilers for the beginning of it it's oh, yeah like a a rich guy like a young like 15 year old which because he's an anime character means he's like the biggest dude in the world despite the fact that he's a 15 year old nerd okay and uh he, you know uh a weird guy gets in uh adopted into his family 
and then they they feud and then they go off and they do their own thing for a bit and then the weird guy becomes a vampire and then he has to kill the vampire and he gets superpowers and then as the series progresses it follows this weird bloodline of the family and just becomes crazier and crazier and crazier and would you say bizarre yes <laughs> yes i would <laughs> that's why that's crazy man for a second i complete i thought you were you went you went from talking for one about one thing and then i was like is he still talking about that show it yes it doesn't even sound like we're talking about that show anymore <laughs> yeah it also has one of my favorite stupid memes in it what? where the bad guy uh dio uh kisses a girl that is in love with the main character jojo and then he goes, ah, you thought your first kiss would be Jojo, but it was me, Dio. And it's just spawned this beautiful meme of saying like, oh, you thought this, but it was me, Dio. And just oh. <laughs> chef kiss. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's anime for you. Just really. Oh, yeah. Really off the rails. It is here. the most anime anime that exists. Amazing. Oh, God. I got to check it out, though. Is it, like, recent, or...? No. I don't think no? so. I've only seen a bit of it, but I know the basic what's going on of it, so... Anyways, the last horror movie sequel on my list... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ...is uh, technically a prequel. The prequels count? Yeah, we'll give it to you. Yeah. Heck, yeah. Anyways, the last one I have is uh, Ouija Origin of Evil. Ah. Uh, yeah, such a... <laughs> Because the first one is dog shit. It is a bad movie. And you're being generous saying that, by yeah. the way. And then they come out with a prequel, and it's a good horror movie. It's great. Of course it's going to be. Like, look, let's be real. Flanagan, killing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen all of his work, and I haven't liked all of his work, but he's got more hits than misses. There you go. You know? I, I, for me personally, I've loved everything that I've seen of his. I wasn't extreme. I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about uh, Blind Manor, but I didn't hate it. It was still very enjoyable to watch. Yeah. There were just I, re I really like Blind Manor. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's cool. But man. also, I, I also watched it and quickly picked on to the fact that oh, they're not doing a horror movie. I caught that. Yeah, it's kind of a love story yeah they they say it they say it in the last episode like it's a, it's a love, spoilers it's a love story yeah you know it it takes it's it's a gothic horror romance story yeah in the and i remember watching the first episode of that and you know mentioning to to sam when we were watching i was like oh it it's kind of making me think of a crimson peak the guillermo del toro film that people didn't love because they were going into it expecting a horror movie and then it wasn't a horror movie it was a, like a tragic romance, romance yeah. with ghosts in it yeah and i Old offhand village. mentioned that yeah i offhand mentioned that to her the village yeah and then because i mentioned that i was like as we we're watching i was like oh they're doing this too yeah and that like that wasn't the issues i had with it by the mm -hmm. way I like oh, yeah. that. No, no. It for me, it was just like there were like, I guess a little bit of pacing issues. Mm -hmm. I felt like some episodes really slog. You know. Oh, I agree. They could have tightened that down by one episode. 
and it would have flowed a bit better. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, Haunt, uh, Hill House, I feel like, had a really pristine mm-hmm. uh, flow. But also, like, Mike Flanagan was on board for all of those episodes, whereas in Bly Manor, I think he only did the first one or first two. Well, he only directed the first two, but he oversighted the whole thing. Yeah. It's not like he was just like, well, I'm hands off, and it's like, this is what he wanted. Like, we can't say, oh, it wasn't as good because he was less involved, because this is what he wanted people to make. You know, yeah. this is, you know, he wrote the thing, you know, so the sloggy pacing issues are his fault. Yeah. You know, we can't, you know, just be like, oh, you know, uh, if he did the entire series, it would have been better. Yeah, well, no, but weren't there, there were multiple writers, not just him. Yeah, but he was the one overseeing everything. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I, I was really like, eh, about the second season. Mm-hmm. Love the no, I, I get that. But I, I, I really like the second one, but it's not as good as the first season. It's no. not as good as, you know, some of the other work he's done. It's better than Hush. I love Hush. Sorry. You're wrong. <laughs> it's boring. It's not. It's, it's boring? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, then I don't want like, to be right. <laughs> like, like, it's technically a well-made film, but, like, it's boring. It's flat. <laughs> okay. Anyways, listeners, if you liked hearing talk about follow-ups and horror franchises... Watch the new video coming out on my YouTube channel this week because I talk about that a little. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so have you been watching? Like, what have you been into recently? Yes. Been uh, I've been watching the same thing I've been watching since the last time you were on. I've been week to week watching Invincible. It was the finale this week. It's done? The, the first season? The first season's done yet. It's eight episodes. It's fantastic. It's not a. It's not like a limited. Uh, it's not no, no, limited. no. They're they're doing more. Okay, okay. Kirkman wants to do five to seven seasons. Nice. As long as they don't run it into the ground like uh, Walking Dead. But there's so much content because the the graphic novels, which I haven't read, but they it ran the the comic ran for 144 issues. Wow. The first eight episodes lead up to issue 13. So they have tons more material. Yeah. And I'm excited because it is my favorite superhero thing I've ever consumed. Wow. I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's it's great. Because it... I'm not going to get into any spoilers or anything because I know you want to watch it. Mm -hmm. But it's got sort of that, you know, violent, grim vibes that a lot of like modern deconstructions of superheroes have but it's not all grim and brooding it's not all ripping off the watchmen you know in its violence and sadness like it's still got great moments where you know you're uplifted and you're like yes heroes can make a difference yeah you know? and it's brightly colored and the animation is great and the voice acting is top notch Oh, yeah, the cast is fantastic. The cast is fantastic. J.K. Simmons, you know, he's obviously a great actor, and he's done... This isn't his first thing he's done as a voice actor, either. 
And it's just he can get so much subtlety out of his voice alone. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I, I, I got to say, I really do like these, like, this new... I know Invincible is not new. Like, the show is new, but it's not, like... The, the comics have been out for a while. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I, I love, like, this new, like, new lens that we're watching superheroes through like mm-hmm. invincible like the boys which is another show i really really need to watch invincible's way better sorry that's okay i mean i, I still i'm gonna check out both and yeah. i'll see that but um but yeah i just like that people are like doing new things with with old uh ideas concepts. yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 and i like that i really like that yeah I compared uh, Invincible and the boys a little bit on the last episode when I was talking to Sam because Invincible, you know, it is violent and it does deal with dark subject matter like the boys does. But the boys has a very nihilistic fuck everything attitude about it all. Love it. Yeah. But at the same, but like, that's not like, it's, I mean, the creator, uh, Garth Ennis, he kind of, says oh i hate superheroes like that's kind of his vibe as a person mm-hmm. and you can tell watching the boys and i'm sure you can tell reading the original comics as well whereas mm-hmm. invincible is like this is a love letter to the genre i you know i love superheroes i love you know this that's what robert kirkman is saying but i'm not going to just make something that's just ass kissing i'm going to make something that is real i'm going to make something that is human and I think that's the big difference is Invincible feels more human, whereas uh, The Boys is very much like, I'm just going to smoke a cigarette and spit on your grandma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. But I, I, I kind of. Well, have you. I haven't seen either yet, but have you seen season two? Of The Boys? Yeah. No. No. I might. I'm not sure about it because I wasn't like I enjoyed the first season. But there are things in it that I was just like, really, you have to do this. You have to be, you know, basic in your, you know, grungy aesthetic storytelling. Okay. Well, I want to check out both for sure. And they're both on Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. Invincible is right. They both are, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna check out both, and uh, I'd like to have a discussion about both, maybe comparing the two or whatnot. That'd be cool. The two can be compared. I actually think that that would be a really cool conversation: is comparing the first season of each show. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like you compare the thing as it's as a whole, but the boy it's, has had more seasons. It's it's done two seasons, so it has had more time to storytell. But I think a one to one season comparison could be really interesting yeah i'm down for that Mm -hmm. that'd be cool all right uh anything else uh i've been watching futurama because it's a nice relaxing warm cuddly feeling after a long day's work where it's just like ah yes a show from my childhood i get that and it's it's still just the funniest show it is good. I, I I'm not like a super. I'm, first of all, I'm not like a major Matt Gro- Groening fan. Groening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a 
super fan of his work, but obviously, like, The Simpsons is classic, Futurama yeah. is classic, you know, it's it's a good time, it's just mm-hmm. not, like, my favorite. I, I personally, like, original run Futurama is, I think, some of the just tightest comedy. Almost every line is a joke. Almost every line, you know, gets me laughing out loud still all this time later it's like wow how did they do it how did they somehow get all these great writers together at once to write for a cast that can deliver all these lines so well yeah it's over though right yeah oh 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 i watched the void this morning you watched the void yeah oh it's good where did you see it it is also on amazon prime they made well one of those directors made a new movie called psycho gorman which yeah. uh, i might check out i don't know if it's mm. really my thing but the mm. void i really like it's been on my to watch list for forever oh me too that's why i got so excited to when i saw it was on i was like i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna talk to anthony about it but you haven't seen it i thought you had for some reason no i haven't i uh, i got to uh, it's gonna be on my list and then hopefully we can talk about it like mm-hmm. in a future episode for real yeah. <laughs> no, man. it's 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 good it's good I believe it's yeah. not as good as i wanted it to be mm-hmm. but i still like i enjoyed it and it does exactly what it wants to do yeah which is crazy effects and pretending they're the thing which is great the best it's such a such a love letter to carpenter yeah, or if you think about a Cronenberg too, because it's all like, isn't that body horror? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that the creators were going for a more John Carpenter vibe. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But the effects, like the designs and stuff, I felt to be more Cronenberg, yeah. Like to fly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, watch The Void. Watch The Void and we can talk about The Void. Done, done. Okay. Uh, is that everything that you've been watching? Yes. You go. For me, what have I been watching? Uh, well, my uh, my fiance and I have been loving our, been making great use of our movie account, and mm-hmm. uh, we watched this really great. I don't want to screw this up. I think it's either Mexican or Argentinian. Uh, but it's a film called Emma, with one M. Uh, and it's it's one of those movies that we watched, and we didn't, like, we didn't fully understand it at first. But, like, we finished it, and then, like, the more that we thought about it, the more it was like, holy shit, like, that was a great fucking movie, wasn't it? And then the more we thought about it, like, I think that was, like, just a, like, it was a, it's a brilliant piece of cinema. It's fantastic. And uh, I highly recommend it. It's Chilean. Chilean. Ugh, yeah, Chilean. Um, yeah, it's it's a really really great film. It, it, there's it, it's like there's a lot of sequences that like almost rem- resemble music videos, mm-hmm. and that's what was kind of like a little bit weird at first. But like when you think about the whole thing, like it, the the whole picture, mm-hmm. it like fits so well. It makes sense into the script too. You know. Nice. Yeah. Um, what else did I watch? I watched, uh, I watched a, a really great uh, French film 
called Nocturama. But that's not recent. That's 2016 or 17, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Fantastic movie. Another one where you're kind of like thinking about it after. And recently, and, I, and by recently I mean like yesterday or two days ago, my fiance and I have got into the Netflix sitcom. Uh, it's not it's not for Netflix, but it's been like syndicated. It, it's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's originally on NBC, but that's besides the point. But we recently got into the show Superstore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you were like what you just said, like about Futurama. It's one of those like. Like like superstores, it's not like holy crap funny like uh, mm -hmm. like like parts, but all the like the characters are really great. Uh, it and it's a really like comfortable feel good show that is it's really like for me and her who really enjoy our bleak content, it's a really nice palate cleanser. Uh, and uh, I don't know, the cast is amazing. Um, the characters are really really great. And uh, it, it was one of those things that was like, we were just like flipping through Netflix. And it's like, what do you want to watch? Like, I don't know, you know, like what, what is it to watch? And super, and, and there's this like option now where if you keep scrolling long enough, like Netflix presents you like, like it'll just have a button that says play something. Mm -hmm. So we clicked it and Superstore came on. And it was the first episode, obviously. And and it's kind of and we're just kind of like you know what let it play I'm into this and we just have not stopped we're on season two now <laughs> nice it's it's good it's good yeah you know it's funny I was thinking about what you're saying like oh you know it was a you just play something button and of course they play the first episode but I'm thinking of how funny it would be is if it just played like a random episode of something like ah here's season three episode two of stranger things <laughs> like just something funny. random yeah but I, it, it's funny that i'm i'm saying this because we were bit we were binging superstore and we got like the way season one ends and then it starts with season two but the mm -hmm. episode that played episode one of season two it didn't make sense chronologically right like it, it just didn't make sense there was no continuity i was like I mean, I'm on board. I'm loving this, but what? What? This, this is weird. And then the next episode was the actual continuation of season one. So I think uh, Netflix kind of screwed the crumb, the order. Yeah, probably. But whatever. We were on board. I don't know what episode number that was then. Because <laughs> mm. I don't know. We didn't look it up. But yeah. Anyway, that's enough for me. Should we get into the main topic now? I guess so. Our main topic for today is one of my favorite films, one that I was very excited to finally get Anthony to watch, the film Upstream Color. Written and directed by Sam Peru, correct? Written, directed, cinematography, produced, edited, composed. He Gorgeous, made the whole yeah. he made the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh I can I guess you can call it like uh a passion project because it really like you get that sense when you're watching it that uh he's kind of uh you know pressing all the buttons you know mm -hmm. and that's his thing because he did that with uh primer as well where he kind of just did everything yeah it's true it's true i want to preface my 
my thoughts on Upstream Color by saying that when we had first discussed this film and when you first mentioned it to me, um, I remember like saying like, oh, it's a, it's like a complex film, right? And he told me like, I mean, like it is, but it's one of those films that like you can't, you can't like uh, passively watch. You have to, you have to uh, fully pay attention to it. You can't be on your phone. You can't, you know, be working on something else and just have it playing in the background. This is a film that you have to pay like 100% attention to. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand that having watched it because what I did was I literally, uh, I put the movie on my, my TV. I put my my phone on airplane mode and I watched, and I did not stop until um, movie ended. That's and dope. Yeah, I, I you know I really wanted to immerse myself because this is your favorite, is one of your favorite movies, you know. So I was like, yeah. I wanna, and I it's an experience, you know. It. I don't think that it is a movie that you sit there and go, hmm, ah, uh, for the intricacies of the plot, even though it is an intricate plot. It is an experience. It. It's how it makes you feel that's what matters. Exactly. And you can't do that if you watch it uh, pa passively. Yeah. So all that, all that uh, being said, unfortunately, I did not like it. Oh, well. And, yeah. I, and it's, it's, I think it was just a movie that was not for me. Um, mm -hmm. oof. And I, and I was kind of a little bit stressed out talking about this because I know this movie is very close to you. Oh, I don't care if you don't like it. Whatever. <laughs> I, I know, I know. But <laughs> you're my bestie, and uh, and it's always awesome if, if we connect on a certain film. And there are mm -hmm. quite a few that you and I already uh, uh, connect to. Unfortunately, this one, I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, what I felt watching this was, and, and I, I told Mame, I told my fiance about this because she, like, she would, you know, come and pop in every now and mm -hmm. then. And she's like, oh, you're still watching the movie? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still getting through it. And then by the end, I told her, it, the, it felt like this movie was this kind of club that I was not let, like, allowed let into. I, I felt like there was a lot of things that I was very, I was, I was kind of, I, I hate saying this, but I did feel like the film was kind of talking down to me. I, I did feel like like there was this concept happening and unfolding before my eyes, but I was I was almost like and even though like I don't like being spoon fed shit, I don't like having the plot, you know, A B C D telling telling you what's going on. But I feel like maybe this like this i felt like maybe like give me a little something a little something because there was it was really hard to really grasp what was going on and by really mm -hmm. hard i mean i had no fucking idea what was going on yeah no i get that you know no i didn't i didn't really understand the plot the first time either but i don't think you have to you know i think it's no if it like like i said like if it makes you feel I think that's what it's going for is an emotional reaction. And I think that's why I like it so much. For sure. You know, and I get that. And it just sucks because for me, like, I, I was hoping to get not the same reaction, but at like something, you know, I wanted mm -hmm. to feel something. But for me, unfortunately, like the only thing I felt was like kind of frustration and a little bit of like, like, uh, like uh, exclusion, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I did. I did. I felt excluded. 
and it, I, I feel so weird saying this and I feel like kind of stuck up and snobby but it's it is that is how I felt because I felt like this whole time I'm watching something unfold and like things are happening but I, I don't like no one's really letting me in like even the characters like I'm not I'm trying to identify and connect with them but I can't I don't I don't mm-hmm. I can't connect with anyone I don't connect with anyone and um, I mean the music was good the music was good. I will give it that. Uh, again, com- uh, uh, composed by uh, Shane Carruth, but unfortunately, like I, I felt like I was kind of an outsider. I was on the outside, you know, kind of looking in on something I wasn't really invited into, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that much to say, like you said before, like it doesn't it doesn't matter uh, if I if if. Uh, if I understood the plot, because there's a lot of films that um, I don't really necessarily understand what's going on, but I love the journey, and I'm sure mm-hmm. maybe there's there's films like that for you too. But I felt like this one was um, I don't know I don't know if I necessarily like the journey. I, it's it's unfortunate to say because it's mm-hmm. not a journey that I I go back and think about. And this is like. Like it's been a while since I'd seen this film now. Like it was ever since the last show that we had, you know. So it's just yeah, unfortunately that was my experience with it. And like I don't know, I felt like the characters. I don't want to say they were hollow because they're not hollow. It's just I couldn't I couldn't connect with anyone. I couldn't mm-hmm. really. I didn't understand any of the motivations at all. And. And yeah, I was just, uh, <laughs> it was just, I, and I know I'm probably in the minority in this because I, I know a lot of people like this film for different reasons, but all within the realm of it made them feel something, which mm-hmm. I think that was uh, Shane Carew's main, I'm, ho- I'm pretty sure that was his main objective when he made this film was like for to elicit some sort of feeling from the viewer, whether it be negative or positive or whatever, you, you felt something. Mm-hmm. It's funny because you're saying that you didn't feel anything, but you did feel frustrated and confused. And I think that is part of the journey of that film because that that is the mentality of your lead. Uh, Amy Simon's character is very lost, very confused. Her memory is fractured and all over the place. And she is frustrated. So while you may have not enjoyed the movie and felt frustrated by it, I think it succeeded because it put you in her mental space in a way that if you just sat there and went, oh, I understand what she's going through and I put everything together, you wouldn't have gotten that same feeling. You, Your frustration is her frustration in a way. So even though you didn't like the movie, I think the movie did to you what it needed to do, if that makes sense. Absolutely, I, I do. Uh, I I do agree with you. That makes sense. Um, though I will admit and say that sometimes it was very hard to see what the characters were going through, going going through. Um, and it was I didn't always read uh, Amy's character. I don't even know her name. <laughs> um, but I was always it was always difficult to read her journey and to see what state she was at. I knew that she was confused at the beginning because. She was, uh, I, I guess, drugged or something. Um, but 
it was really difficult in her journey and then understand the relationship between her and Farouk's character. Mm -hmm. uh, it, like, it, it, I didn't understand. And, it, and it's like, and it's just like one time they cut to, you know, the, the, the poster shot, which is then uh, cuddled uh, in, the, in the bathtub. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, that's a nice shot. But what I don't understand the context of the shot. I don't understand how we got to this point. Why we're, why we're there? Visually, it's but I just hadn't. I just had a hard time mm -hmm. with like identifying context. And um, I will say there yeah. was one sequence I really did like, which was um, uh, the 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 scene where Amy's character is in bed, and, and you see like the I think the worms or maggots going through her skin. That was pretty gnarly because it's you know kind of like yeah. a horror movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, unfortunately, that was my uh, experience with the film. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's a perfectly valid experience. I think that what you were experiencing is their confusion, which is completely fine. You know, you don't understand why they're in the bathtub. They don't either. They're scared and they don't know why. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. and. I'm not saying that, saying like, oh, no, you, you did enjoy the movie. You didn't. But I think that the experience you got out of it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's true. Wait, okay, I, I do, I do want to just pause my thing, because I know that you have seen it how many times? No, I don't count. But you have seen it a few. A few, okay. yeah. What, what, how did you feel when you first saw it? How did you see Primer first, by the way? I had seen Primer first, yeah. Okay, so you kind of had a rough idea of what you were getting into, maybe. But how was your first mm -hmm. react? How was your first feelings when you saw Ups and Comics? The first I was I was very confused because it it's not a narrative that makes itself clear and easy, but that excited me. Okay. You know, I liked the fact that like when I was done watching, I was like, I feel a way that no prior film has made me feel, and. I was excited to get to dig into that. I get that. Yeah. I also just love the aesthetic of the film, the way it's shot, the way it, I love the fact that it the way it shoots and edits so much in short close-ups and and that really adds to the fracturing of the narrative of the film because the narrative of the film is, you know, the the lead, you know, her memory is stolen from her amongst other things but the main crux of it is something is done to her and she doesn't understand why she doesn't understand how and it just it breaks her you know mentality a little and the film is very much made in a way that complements her mentality where there's a shot where she's in bed and you know she moves her arm across the bed and it could have just been one smooth shot but it's three or four shots very short different angles so, like like it's you know jumps back a little in the edit so it's like you know a little jumpy to create that feeling of her mind to the audience and i really appreciate that i just yeah it just like i said like it made me feel things that no prior film had made me feel and i never really stop thinking about it you know it's always like coming back up in my mind it's like oh yeah that 
Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get you. There are, like, there are interesting sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, I, I guess, uh, actually, another point that I wanted to bring up that I had an issue with was I, I felt like the pacing was a little bit, like, drawn out a bit. I, I can't remember what the, the, the runtime is. I think it's, like, maybe an hour 35, 40. Or I can't even remember. But it definitely felt, like, longer at certain, during certain aspects. Mm-hmm. And... Like there's there are like I hate saying it, but there are times where I like I check my watch, you know, I check my the time, and I was like, "Fuck, you know, like holy crap, this is." Uh, it it did kind of. Uh, it did kind of feel, and I I'm gonna steal this from some other reviewer, but I it did feel at times like I was kind of trudging through molasses a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's funny. Usually, but, I'm the one complaining about a movie being too long. That's true. Considering you, I quote, all movies are too long. <laughs> all movies are too long. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, um, that was my that was my my thoughts on the film. I do have a question though. One day in the far distant future, when we can see each other in person again, if you were over and I put on the movie, would you leave? Absolutely not. Okay. Because I, I just, I just ask because like it is a movie that I think repeat viewings does make better. Although I don't think that is a good excuse when people are like, oh yeah, you really gotta watch it the second time for it to make sense. No, that's a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I do think that you, it's it's a movie that you continue to get things out of the more you watch it. I believe it. I believe. Being it. said, if you didn't like it, you know, like there's nothing you can do about that. Despite like my feelings towards the film, if you play it and I'm at, and I'm at your house, I'll watch it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think that was the mistake. I shouldn't have had you watch this for the podcast. I should have just in our regular life had you over and watched it. Maybe yeah. This should have been a let's watch it and experience it together. I think that would have worked more. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, because I, I do feel like then we could have immediately had a discussion about it, especially the fact that you had already seen it. So mm. there's that bit of help that I would get from you as well. You know? Yeah, I think I think that would have worked. But I actually yeah. do find it interesting that you were, you know, not into it because of its opaqueness, because that's one one of one of the things I enjoy about it. But also like. Mm-hmm. it's something that we both enjoy about other movies, you know? Because I put this in the yeah. same tier as movies like Beyond the Black Rainbow or, you know, stuff that David Lynch does where it's like, well, we can try to figure it out, but it doesn't matter as long as we enjoyed the the journey because yeah, I feel like it's that same kind of movie. It is. In a sense... Uh, I think for Beyond the Black Rainbow, there are things that we can connect to. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we can understand uh, the main girl's need to escape this facility through trafficking. Mm-hmm. And David Lynch, despite ha- being, ha- like, the, the plots can be crazy surreal, but we always kind of understand our protagonist. We understand the antagonist for, like, Blue Velvet, for example. Mm-hmm. I find it funny that you used Blue Velvet as your explanation for that because i think that's one of his more straightforward narratives also true compared to something like 
Mulholland Drive or Lost. I haven't seen Rooster Head yet, so I can't speak to it. But like Lost yeah, Highway, yeah. where it's just like, you know, I know you're a, you're a fan of Lost Highway, not as much as his other movies, but it is not a clear movie, you know. No. But you're just like, yeah. But this movie, it's not clear, and you're like, no. And I find that interesting. I know. And I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that. I'm not saying that, like, as a criticism to you, like, oh, you know, you'll like this. Why don't you like this? You know, I'm not saying that. I just find that interesting because I thought yeah. this one was going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, nothing made sense. Explain it to me. I need to know everything. But now you, yeah. but it turned out to be, oh, just no, which is fine. I just find that so interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess it happens. Like, the... I guess I, it was it's it's one of those things where it's like one I just felt like one was a little more tailored for me mm-hmm. and and I didn't feel so excluded from Lost Highway, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I get that that makes sense. Can we can we just take a moment before we move on to talk about the score though because you mentioned that being something you enjoyed about it and I listen to that score all the time. And I just the score is very good, yeah. Yeah, can you can can we just like appreciate it for a moment? Just for a fact, yeah. It was it's very um, this is gonna be a weird word, but it's very airy. It's very yeah, uh, uh, light, very Brian Eno. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you're a fan of Brian Eno, um, it's very uh, it's not like it's not like dark. I mean, I love dark ambient, but it's not it's not really like dark ambient but it's it, there you can see like there, there are little brief moments of tension when mm-hmm. maybe a scene is a little more intense or whatnot but um for me like one of the things that like one of the main things if not maybe the only thing i take away from that experience is the fact that the score was really good mm-hmm. the score was kind of like maybe the score i i guess made me feel like maybe it was the only thing holding my hand throughout the whole film where I wasn't kind of super disengaged, you know? And I have to, like, I have to credit the score for that. Like, like any scenes that might have felt maybe a little too long, you have the score kind of fluttering in and kind of adding a little bit of, you know, let's quicken the pace here, you know? It doesn't feel so slog anymore. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel so, so slushy. It feels a little more light, you know? Yeah, and I, I do again have to credit the 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 score for that. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. Like there was a period of a couple months where I would just put that on every morning on my bus ride to work, just to zen out and just feel ready for the day. And I think that's honestly the score is probably a big part of why I like the movie is and I get that. as someone who writes ambient music it felt very of me yeah 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 exactly and i'm i'm a i love ambient music too uh and and that's one of the things that i connected to and i love ambient music by the way because you kind of opened that door for me i will say mm-hmm. and one i remember when we when i was just entering this world of ambient music dark ambient music you had recommended upstream color uh, yeah. the score but you know watch the movie first and then listen to the score mm-hmm. um so yeah and i understand completely why you like the the score like the score i can definitely get behind because it's very good right on right on 
Yeah. So uh, those are my thoughts, but we're not finished. For any fans of this film who uh, really enjoy Upstream Color and like like a film that's not maybe so narratively linear, and uh, um, my recommendation for all of you, for fans of Upstream Color, uh, this title also uh, coincidentally has the word color in the title. Um, this is a French film uh, called The Strange Color of Your Body's Hue. Uh, I last saw it on Shudder. I don't know if it's still there, but I'm gonna check. I remember my yeah. I remember my fiance brought this film up to me because it's a very like like this is a colorful, beautiful aesthetic film, like aesthetically pleasing film. Uh, and and this is like one of those journeys where like I don't 100% know like every little beat for beat what ha what's happening, but I love this journey. The music is amazing, um, and I really, you know, I really highly recommend this film to anyone who likes surreal, surreal films, abstract films, uh, you know, films that are not so um, narratively linear, um, you know. Uh, and yeah, that's my recommendation for all of you. You said it was the strange color of your body's tears. Yes. Yeah, it's still in Shutter. Nice. Watch you guys. Uh, also, get Shutter. It's really great. <laughs> or oh, yeah. uh, um, use Anthony Shutter, like I do. Or use my Shutter, like he does. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to give you my information. I don't know him. Oh, his Shutter password is. I'm sorry. I think we lost connection. Uh, <laughs> okay. We had mentioned yeah. in the past. I don't think we mentioned it on the show, but to each other every 10 episodes doing something other than recommending each other we did mention this do yes. you still want to do that because the next episode after this would be episode 10. i do want to do that yeah yes all right so what is the episode going to be i kind of like the idea of something neither of us have seen yeah i oh my god okay it's really funny you mention that because i there's like two movies on my list Mm -hmm. that I have not seen that I was planning on watching like with you but I don't it doesn't have to be a movie on my list I also have a few movies on a list like that so do you want to see if there's one we both have yeah okay what we actually here here's what we can do here's what mm -hmm. we can do this 10th episode you recommend one for both of us next 10th episode I recommend for both of us does that make sense yeah okay We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. All right. So I have to actually find out uh, if you have seen this or not, because I don't know if you have. Have you seen Dead Ringers? No, but I wanted to. I thought so. I thought that if you hadn't seen it yet, it would be something you'd be interested in. So I wrote Jeremy. that down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeremy Irons twice for the yeah. price of one. Yes, I'm in. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah, next yeah. week we are watching the... Cronenberg classic Dead Ringers, and then both of uh, us for the first time. Yeah, both of us for the first time. First reactions, <laughs> and then uh, we'll go back to uh, your suggestion for the next one. Also, uh, to celebrate you being back after a few weeks being off, I thought yes. I would bring back your favorite segment. Absolutely, it's you who loves it, not me, where I 
give you reviews and you have to guess the movie. Yeah. Wait, I, I planned something for this. I planned something for this. Wait, wait, wait. Did you hear that? No, but Fuck. I saw the video and I know it. Yeah. I know exactly what it is. Do you want to play a game by it? Do you want to play a game? <laughs> we can correct that in post. <laughs> no, I'm leaving all this in because it's funnier. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. But yeah, this, this is a twist on the game. It is not terrible reviews of movies you love. Oh. It okay, is five-star reviews of movies you don't love. Well, we're about to find out. This will be short, though. I only I only have four. Do you have the years? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. Will they help? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Shit. Alright, so here it is. Uh, a review from, from a 2003 film. Five star. Okay. All I can say is brava. Don't know if I genuinely enjoyed an action movie's world building this much. Okay, hold on. Um, Are you Googling movies from 2003? No. <laughs> also, is it Agent Cody Banks? <laughs> no. Oh god. Don't is it is it a, like a fucking Uwe Boll film? No, 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 no. But okay. you already incorrectly guessed Agent Cody Banks. That's true. Okay, what is the film? The cinematic classic Too Fast, Too Furious. Fuck. <laughs> I'd have preferred an Uwe Boll film. No, you wouldn't have. No, I wouldn't have. Okay, next. Number two. Number two. This movie is a high point of something. Maybe it's peak capitalist decadence of the Obama era. Maybe it's peak just not giving a shit about the plot and just throwing random things that happen because why not? It'll make three billion anyways. Everything is both predictable and not. It's insane and not. Wait, this is a, of a, a good review of a bad movie? Or yes. vice versa? It's a good oh, review okay. of a bad movie, yeah. Or a movie what you don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What's the um, the year? 2011. Is this... Uh, wait, no, it's a movie I don't... Um, is it Red State? I haven't even seen Red State. It is not. Um, Okay, that's. I guess that's my guess. <laughs> it was Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Ah, uh, that movie's horseshit. <laughs> exactly, and uh, you may remember a few weeks ago, I asked you random questions about Transformers movies. It was to figure out which one you hated the most. Oh, spoiler alert! All of them. <laughs> yeah, but no, we both agreed the third one was the worst out of those first yeah. ones. It is. Oh, so, God. what a fucking nightmare. That is why I was asking that question. I was mining you for this. Ah, oh, crap. 
third review. Third. I'm not sure if you have seen this movie or not, but whether you've seen it or not, I know you hate it. Okay. Year first. Uh, 2008. Okay. A deliberately cheesy homage to old B-movies, the awkward dialogue and stilted acting never feels like they're wrinkling the audience. Oh, winking at the audience. Sorry. It just comes off as incompetent. <coughs> that being said, it's one of the funniest movies ever made, and maybe I shouldn't try and fix it. Is this a happening? Of course it is. <laughs> oh, God, that movie. So bad. Oh, jeez. What a, what a god-awful film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... Send me. Send me. You're allowed to like it. I mean, I think that the people who like it like it as a so good it's bad. Or so bad it's I good. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Anyways, last review. Yeah. Last review. Okay, year. Uh, 2011. 2011. Okay. Bad for the mind, bad for the soul, but so, so good for the body. here abduction are you looking up the movies by year yeah that's cheating man <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there's so many fucking movies okay is it abduction no it's transformers dark of the moon again god damn it <laughs> anyways that's been the show everyone if you want to get at us on Twitter, we are at PopCultureToDo. If you want to email us, we are PopCultureToDo at gmail.com. I remember the email. Yeah. If you want to get at me, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at TheGregNorton. I put videos out every other Thursday. You can subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast networks. You can check out Anthony's excellent graphic design on Instagram at AnthonyWithTeeth. It is great, creepy shit. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And it's great to be back and miss you all. Keep it squeezy. Have a good one. <laughs>